Um, but in the big picture, you know, there are 125,000 AA meetings worldwide. So we're not even 1% of all of the AA meetings that are offered. It, it also isn't to say that because we're secular meetings, that all other meetings are inherently religious. I've been to plenty of meetings that don't pray, don't read the steps, uh, don't do anything inherently. You know, someone reads maybe uh, the grapevine preamble, someone else speaks for 10 minutes, they go around the circle. Some people will talk about prayer and meditation. Other people will talk about one day at a time and, uh, uh, you know, f telephone therapy, calling a friend when they're uh, jonesing mm -hmm. for booze or drugs. Um, you know, uh, it's funny they, how star backwards seem... is rats, isn't it? Yeah, what's that? It's funny how star backwards is rats. Yeah, exactly right. Looking. Yeah, you know what I mean, maybe you had to be the first group to do it, though, that in the sense to like if you didn't do it before Zoom came, like you, you, how long were you using Zoom? Can I ask? Oh, I, I knew Zoom before, oh, yeah. and again, because. Uh, the um, sort of secular movement became globalized because of the internet. Uh, I, I, you know, just to back up before we started that meeting in 2009, I became a member of a Yahoo uh, group called Freethinkers in AA that was an international group. And it was just, uh, you know, it was, what do you call it? It was a blog post. Someone would start a topic on Monday. It would go into everyone's email. People would respond to the topic, uh, you know, and not all on the same day. So it'd take a whole week for the meeting to happen. And you can read the thread of what other people said and where they started debating or whatever. And then the next Monday, someone would be appointed to kick off a new topic. And so someone mentioned the list of agnostic atheist meetings in AA. And I said, the what? <laughs> well, you know, New York has a, here's the web address. Here's the list of, and at the time there were 38 uh, international meetings. Most of them were in New York, Chicago, uh, and other parts of uh, sort of urban USA. There were none in Canada at the time. Someone had uh, started a meeting in uh, Toronto in 1996, but it only lasted a few months. Plenty of meetings start and don't catch on. Yeah. But uh, there was a couple in Europe. And uh, so I learned about this list. I knew it was in New York. New York's about uh, 10 or 12 hours from Toronto. And, you know, I go there from time to time for work or for pleasure. And I thought, well, I'm going to... Uh, do both this time yeah exactly i'm going there and i'm gonna take in a couple of these agnostic atheist meetings and i thought they were great meetings in fact they reminded me of aa when i was uh young in sobriety it was just based on storytelling people going around the room sharing mm -hmm. their own personal experience and i thought toronto's gonna love this and so i brought it back to uh, i was already a member <laughs> of a fairly liberal group Plenty of believers, plenty of atheists, plenty of big book thumpers, plenty of uh, anti-establishment types. 
we were called the granola group. If you take out all the nuts and all the fruits, there'd be nothing left but flakes. It was a little bit of everything, That's right? Funny. So arts yeah. community, uh, you know, sort of angry old old timer community. Everybody was there. So, so th there was enough of us that we said, yeah, let's let's uh, uh, find a place. We don't want to meet in a church basement. We want to meet in a, a library or a school or a, a you know civic building or something. And and we found. Uh, that the University of Toronto would rent classrooms to outside groups. So we went there and it was right at a subway intersection. It'd be easy to get to from everywhere, er, everywhere in Toronto. So it was a perfect place for us. And um, so I found out about that because of a Yahoo group. And then a few years after we started, someone started an inter international uh, conference. So there was an international gathering in Santa Monica in 2014. And uh, we all went there. There was about 300 of us, not all atheists and agnostics. Plenty of these people were sort of AA long timers involved in service. And, and they could recognize that this was AA history in the making, the first ever international, uh, it was called um, WAFDIAC, the We Agnostics and Free Thinkers uh, International. AA or something like that. Con conference was in there too. So, um, uh, and then, uh, so we, the th 300 of us met there. We had a general meeting. Uh, should we do this again? Yes, we should. Where should it be? Uh, Toronto put in a bid and Austin put in a bid. And halfway through the Austin bid, most of us from Toronto wanted to go to Austin. So we said, why don't we, <laughs> why don't we go to Austin next year? And, uh, you know, maybe we'll do uh, Toronto later. Because anything where, for Americans anyway, where you're crossing borders, it's a complicated issue. Not everybody mm. in the USA has a passport. That blows a, my mind. It absolutely blows my mind. It's like yeah. 90 odd percent of them or something or 80 to 90 percent. It, it, it's 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 pretty, crazy. They're pretty isolated. You know, yeah. there's plenty of world travelers in the USA, but but mm. they, they they aren't like Europeans that speak three languages and, you know, just, mm. you know, understand cultural differences and all that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so uh, so we knew there would be some issues, even the the International Convention of AA, which goes to a different city every year. It's always in continental Canada or the USA. It only goes to Canada once every 20 years. That's once every four conventions. Um, mm. So, you know, because we're only 10% of the population of the US, that's pretty generous, I would say. But um, even that one, every time it goes to Canada, it's been to Toronto twice, Montreal once, and in 2025, it's going to Vancouver. Uh, there, there's a lot uh, drop in the total number of attendees because most attendees are from the US. Over half of AA's total population are Americans, and uh, the other 45% are made up of you know, uh, the rest of North America, South America, Europe, and mm. other parts of the world, mostly where there are expats, like uh, AA spread where there were US, uh, you know, naval or air force bases or 
um, you know, wherever Americans went for business, they would start, you know, AA meetings there and that sort of thing. Uh, there's a, a great, have you heard the story of how the first uh, Irish meeting started? Uh, vaguely. It's, there, there was no drunks down the south or something? Was that something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was uh, Connor an Flynn, Irishman living in New York who came back and wanted to start it. And he was told, we don't have alcoholics in Ireland. Mm. It's funny because our, our Dublin friend, uh, she, she's met these people, you know, but she was just around them and then later on found out how like famous they were. Yeah, uh, I can't think of the guy's name, but he's in like the second book she was telling me before. Right. And it's yeah. like, and it's like, what? That's looking like looking down at the book, looking up. There he is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, I don't know if she, she's, um, she's one of a kind. I only got to meet her because of you as well, which is funny. And I've spoken to her there a few times, obviously. But she was telling me the reason she went to your meeting that night on Zoom was because she was 10 minutes late for another one. And she was yeah. like, Oh, I can't go to that then because I, I just it's just not right. So, if it wasn't for that, maybe there wouldn't be any Wednesday meeting that she, you and like a few others that are uh, you know always go to, which is great. But uh, just when she said that, I was like, why don't you just if it's ten minutes late? She goes, oh, I couldn't. I was like, all right, there you go. Exactly, all personality driven, right? So, so a lot of these things, uh, right or wrong you kind of have to let it play out to see how it's going to benefit and harm AA in the long run. Uh, one of the biggest resistance to change is what I call um, floodgate arguments. Well, if we let this group do this, what happens the next time someone wants to do that? Um, mm. uh, there was a big argument in 1973 at the General Service Conference about adding gay and lesbian meetings into meeting directories as meetings for gay and lesbians. And um, I, well, A, there's plenty of homophobia in America in 1973, much, yeah. right? So right off the bat, people who are hyper-religious saw it as very sinful. And you would get people coming up to the microphone and saying, what are we gonna do next? have a meeting for rapists, AA rapists come here. Uh, you know, so, um, mm. you know, that, that was, uh, uh, you know, how people felt at the time. But, you know, cooler heads prevailed and um, uh, they, uh, they let them in. And now it's page eight news. Of course, we have LGBTQ plus meetings, right? It's just normal. So uh, I forgot what we were talking about. Oh, yeah, we were talking about Zoom. So yeah. after the international conference went from Santa Monica to um, Austin, then it went to Toronto. It was supposed to be in uh, Washington. We had a, a Zoom version of it instead. And we're going to try again in Washington this fall. That's got about a 50-50 chance of actually happening. I don't know. Um, do you think uh, on uh, Halloween, on uh, like uh, uh, October 29th, it's going to be uh, international travel to Washington, D.C., and everyone's going to be vaccinated? No, nah, I don't. But you're also asking the same guy who a year ago taught like, ah, oh, right, Paddy's Day is cancelled. So maybe April 11th will be back to normal. Uh, I remember <laughs> just like thinking, that's, that's all I thought. You know what I mean? It was... Yeah. March 13th, Everton just said, 
nah, mm. don't go anywhere. But then I had a friend who was telling me, if you were literally just to start fining people 10 bucks, 20 bucks for not wearing a mask outside, people would take it more serious. Because if I came into your house and go, fucking pricks, they, you know what I mean? Just just for not wearing a mask. What's the first thing you do? You buy two masks that cost half the price and then bang, you're saving money. It's yeah. like the same person like with uh, dog poop on the ground or something. And I mean, you need, to, you need to have someone getting fined. And then in this case with Corona or COVID or whatever you want to call it, someone yeah. nearly close to you needs to die or get it before yeah. people take it serious. And in the secular meetings, they seem to take it more serious. But then again, sometimes I'm, I'm there to myself listening. Like you might say something and I'm like, but how do you know that? Or someone else has said that like, because what we believe to be true last year is obviously different this year now. Because before heat... Yeah was uh fucking like that, that that would kill it and then all of a sudden they started closing down the swimming pools and the saunas and stuff and everything just changed you know what i mean yeah. did you ever think you'd be queuing to go into a shop you know I, I mean? well, unless it's to buy a ticket back I, in the day for a concert or something i heard this funny joke it had to do with uh someone getting out of jail and being reclimatized to life outside the jail and uh, it was explained to this bank robber that no, no, now people have to put on a mask before they go into a bank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. And uh, yeah, so the whole world was upside down. But uh, yeah, so once we started getting each other's email addresses and having mm. a website for secular meetings, we started having Zoom meetings uh, as soon as they were available. Um, uh, or using even platforms that uh, came before Zoom. But th those really democratized secular AA because anybody with half-decent Wi-Fi could go to a secular meeting. And before, if you lived in the Bible Belt and there was nothing but very Christian-oriented AA meetings uh, mm. within a five-hour drive of you, uh, you were tough luck, right? But but now, it, with the advent of those Zoom meetings, people could go to their regular AA exactly. meeting and grin and bear it and then go to a couple of secular mm. AA meetings. No travel ban, as you say. Yeah. So, Do you mind uh, being the and, guy? Yeah, uh, I think Zoom you are is the, great, especially for you know niche I mean? markets. What's that? Do you mind being the guy in the sense like you are secular AA when people think about it like they're no like, I, I I I totally oppose that because oh. uh, they uh, I've got a story for you actually in a minute yeah um, I, I was um, I was going to a series of uh, meetings this was a, a meeting called the lopsided triangle group. Uh, it started <laughs> in San Francisco, but it was. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it was it was born of a sort of uh, the Pacific region, so sort of Northern California, Oregon, Washington State, all, all that sort of area, and they uh, uh, decided to have this meeting to sort of focus on uh, traditions and uh, you know sort of AA structure and all that sort of thing, so for the month of uh, January, their focus was on uh, uh, is AA a cult? What is there in AA that is cult-like? Is it damaging? 
and what can we do to change it, right? And, um, you know, so they, you know, one person made the argument that AA is a benign cult. It has like rituals and its own language. And um, some people get isolated inside the AA community, but there's no charismatic leader and there's no uh, coercion per se. Uh, so uh, that, that's probably a fair uh, description of, of how AA is. But, but we all know there are people who sponsor in a very coercive way. There are groups that are very mm. orderly and rigid about how people even dress at their meetings, let alone what they say. That yeah, if you're yeah. speaking at the meeting, you have to be in a suit and a tie or wear a dress or what have you. And, you know, if you live in a big city, you can just go to another meeting. But if mm -hmm. it's all you have in your town, what are you going to do, right? Uh, stay home, watch Netflix. So, so they, uh, they spent the whole month talking about that. And I said, one of the things we can do is just sort of uh, stop people in their tracks when they start saying, uh, you know, things like so-and-so wrote this or so-and-so uh, was a trustee in GSO or this is so-and-so's meeting. There's no such thing as so-and-so's meeting, right? I, I'm, one person does not a meeting make. By AA definition, there's no one person meeting. It always takes a group of people to start a meeting. Mm -hmm. and, and one person never has authority over any other members in the meeting. So, so I, I understand why people say that. They associate things with who they met there or... Um, who seems to be most engaged in the meeting, but it, it's 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 not the right way to uh, uh, like uh, I'm anti-establishment. You know, my message would be, don't listen to me, you fucking idiot. Figure it out for yourself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, uh, don't listen to them. Don't listen to me. You know, figure it out for yourself. Like take what you like and leave the rest. But for Christ's sakes, use your brain. <laughs> fact, fact. Um, which you were one of the first to do the spread, the secular spreadsheet and all that in this, in the sense. Yeah, and, and that was just That's uh, great, man. And you, yeah, you sent it, it was, to me or whatever. And even like I, once I was at your meeting, you, you like you emailed me or you messaged me privately and stuff, and it was it was nice, you know. And I was there like, what the, yeah, why? And I, I still wonder that in real life when people are nice to you. But yeah. um, I, keep, I kept going back to your meeting and I haven't told you the story yet where it's like, uh, Joe, I love that book. And I was like, I gave you the end of a book. What are you telling everyone? You know what I mean? You're one of the most modest people ever. Like you, you, it took me weeks to find out you wrote this book or whatever, you know? Like, and even at that, it was someone else that said it's like, and you're just there sitting like, all ah, right, yeah. Because yeah. I know other people like uh, go to these rooms and uh, just to say if I can, like, uh, yeah, I've got a new car, whatever. I've done this, I've done that. But you, you just sit there, man, like it's, yeah, that's, that's it. You know, you don't, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You're just, you're just good with your time in a sense. You, you don't uh, showboat, you know, you, you probably talked to about 20 people today already. It's probably our 10th interview knowing you, <laughs> you know, and, uh, I don't know. You're a good guy. That's, that's one thing for sure. Well, you know, like, like I am, uh, you know, I'm, a, a, I was saying, uh, yesterday that I'm a uh, 
not an example of AA, I'm a sample of AA. This is what AA can look like after this many years, and this is what it looks like for me. It's not the right way, it's not the best way, but you know, take what you like and leave the rest, right? And then go find another sample of AA. And like, you don't have to eat what I eat because we both went to the buffet together. Eat what you want, right? Then I sit down beside you. Why didn't you get pancakes? Shit, I'm joking. (laughs) Do you have one or two quick questions for you? Sure. Uh, What is the funniest thing you've ever heard in a room on Zoom or in real life? Okay. Let me think about that. I've heard a lot of things. Um, one of them, I, I put it in my book, was uh, you wrote a book. I didn't come here to save my soul. I came here to save my ass. Only nice. later I learned that they were connected. <laughs> cool. And uh, uh, that's sort of a, a folklore, <laughs> right? You know? Um but uh, uh, and then there's the uh, you were talking about the uh, a genie thing with the three wishes. Oh, you you have an idea? Well, well, as a matter of fact, you can't wish I'll, I'll for three wishes you, now. Uh, uh, well, uh, instead of that, I'll tell you the story of uh, the alcoholic who uh, was scavenging on the beach, uh, very thirsty, and grabs this bottle, and a genie comes out of it, and grants him three wishes and he said uh, oh I'd like this bottle to be full of uh, scotch whiskey and never empty and uh, the genie said look at it now and it was full of scotch whiskey and he went glug 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 and he brought it down and it was still full like he hadn't had a sip and he said, this will never empty? And uh, the genie said, no, it'll never empty. It'll always be full. Okay, thanks. And he started walking away. And genie said, wait, you have two more wishes. Well, give me two more of these. <laughs> nice one. Uh, yeah, well, one of our mutual friends was telling me before he was listening to this woman talking. And she went on for about five or ten minutes. And it just came into his head. Fuck, I'd love an ice cream. And then literally he was sitting there and he was just listening to your one going, did up, did up, did All of a sudden he gets off and walks off and he comes back with an ice cream cone. Yeah. And people are just there looking at him like, well, and he's just there like, yeah, yeah. She's still talking, isn't she? And he's just there sitting listening to the ice cream. Uh, it's one of the funniest things I've ever heard. Just because <laughs> his head was there like, oh, fucking, what is she on about? I don't, I don't care. And all of a sudden he just like, I'd love an ice cream. And then he went off, got the ice cream cone, bang, she's still talking. He's just sitting there, and everyone else is there looking at him. Like, wouldn't you get me one? Yeah, that's 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 my one. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah. AA is an interesting place if you pay attention. Um, like, I love songs. I love other arts, including movies. Uh, you know, some television is good. I'm not much for the most popular of. Uh, you know, consumer products in terms of songs and movies. And I don't watch a lot of action hero movies or listen to uh, a lot of, I don't even know who's popular now. Is Lady Gaga still popular? You know, I, I wouldn't be able to. Thank for Biden. What's that? 
She sang for Biden the other day, so she did. Yeah, but I don't think it was an original. I think she sang uh, uh, God Save America or the Star Spangled Banner or, Mm. you know, the National Anthem or something. One of those ones. Yeah. Yeah. I do have a friend, actually, who's... Isn't she Canadian? Wasn't she born in Canada? I don't don't even know. No idea. Yeah. No idea. She was in Star is Born, I think, was the name of the film. Yeah, yeah, that's right. She was in the latest. Uh, now, you know, for sure, my era, it? I'm from the uh, the second of three Star is Borns with uh, Chris Christopherson and uh, uh, Barbara Streisand. Nice. And so uh, she played the role that Barbara name. Streisand played. Yeah. And then there was one from the 30s or 40s, long before that. Mm. That's a fact. I've only yeah. seen the middle one, but uh, I liked it. Nice. Uh, do you have a movie that takes you back to drinking or a song or a friend that literally just transports you back to the place? Oh, uh, let's see here. Uh, Uh, the movie uh, Tommy, I would always be fucked up on acid when I went to see it. Uh, <laughs> you know, know that the sort of rock opera by The Who. Um, but, uh, but I haven't seen it in ages. Um, uh, uh, the movie Pulp Fiction makes me want to smoke again. It's <laughs> awesome, yeah. Uh, the movie Train Spotting, Train Spotting, I think, is a great uh, drug and alcohol movie. Mm. And um, yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, I mean, th- there's a lot of, th- and there has been, you know, l- let's face it, you know, addiction and the arts, you know, ha- have been together for a long, long time. And uh, the days of wine and roses was a, uh, a huge hit and it was all about alcoholism and there've been plenty of, plenty of others since. Um, I like, I would recommend to people that they see um, Clean and Sober. It's with Michael Keaton, who was the first person to play Batman. He's been in a number of movies through the years. Adam and, West. Uh, Jack, uh, Jack Nicholson played the Joker in that first Batman, but Michael Keaton is in the movie Clean and Sober. And um, uh, what's his name from Shawshank Redemption? Tim Robbins or Morgan Freeman? No, Morgan Freeman uh, plays uh, a counselor in the treatment center that uh, Michael Keaton is in. And then there's some other character actors that are in it that are absolutely brilliant. It's it's called Clean and Sober. It's one of my favorites. And um, you, you know, did give I me a film that. before. Uh, Mark Hamill isn't it? Mark fucking Luke Skywalker. Sarah T. Oh or yes, uh, Sarah T. Uh, the yeah. Diary of a Teenage Alcoholic. You can watch it on YouTube for free. It's like from the seventies. Oh, enjoyable. Yeah, Linda Blair is the alcoholic teenager, uh, and uh, Mark Hamill was her boyfriend. And uh, yeah, it's 
it's really dated really dated but did you see it yeah you know i watched it like the next day or two after you mentioned it to me and i was like all right it's on youtube i don't have to get the brother to download or fucking you know bang there it is and then it's i don't have to do it on a laptop anymore with smart tvs now which is great so yeah yeah sitting watching it. it was nice uh one i'll recommend to you the virtues it's like a four-part series but there's like a two-minute scene in that and it's like the best alcoholic thing i've ever seen you get me like it's fuck that was me that was you. like there's just one bit in it and i don't ever want to tell anyone the scene because like yeah. it's uh, it'll ruin it for them yeah uh, yeah uh, Stephen graham is in it you might have seen him in snatch he was tommy uh he was in the irish man oh yeah i love good snatch. actor i thought that was really a great good. movie it's fantastic yeah 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 um last question uh do you have a favorite joke Oh, shit. Where was your first meeting? Fuck. Oh, my first meeting was, uh, I, I don't know what they were thinking. <laughs> I was 14 years old when I went to my first meeting. And it was just a matter of who can pick up Joe and take him to a meeting and whatever meeting they're going to, that's the meeting that, that Joe's going to go to. And it was the... Um, at the hospital for veterans. So it's a bunch of old guys with, you know, shell shock and shaky hands and, you know, uh, cigarettes without filters and like just, you know, like half out of their mind. And what are you doing at my house, kid? It was the exactly what I imagined AA to be a bunch of these old burnouts that you know, didn't have much to look forward to whether they were sober or not. And I thought, mm. wow, that's, that's what you think <laughs> I need. I, you know, I'm going to go back to the, I, I'm taking the Jimi Hendrix experience. <laughs> I'm going down in, in a ball of flames. Oh, that's, that's where I'm going. And I had no interest in AA based on that first experience. Um, but I first you know, uh, developed a love for AA um, by getting involved in the young people's movement. And uh, I, I mentioned recently, I, I, I lost someone who was a, a turning point figure in AA for me. Mm. His name was uh, Mac uh, V, Mac Verge, uh, or Malcolm. And uh, he was kind of a Montreal hippie, um, you know, and he was, hey, Joe, good to see you again. Like he remembered my name and I was just totally impressed. Like he even noticed me, right? And, uh, you know, we're uh, uh, putting on this young people's uh, conference up at the St. Jerome Monastery, north of Montreal. And we could really use some help on the committee. Would you help out? Oh, yeah, sure. You know, so I got involved in that and I went to it and we had this, you know, like it was a conference. We had this volleyball game. You know, there was bonfire. It was, you know, um, you know, I never got laid, but there was the hope of getting laid. And, uh, you know, like there was just a lot of young people around. And I thought, wow, this is, this is pretty cool, right? And some of them rode motorcycles and some of them were in bands and some of them were going back to school or starting jobs. And I thought, 
this uh, sobriety isn't the punishment I thought it was. And so Mac uh, had an influence on me that he wouldn't even remember, but like he totally changed my life because at these young people's meetings in the same way people are attracted to secular meetings, I heard people talking my language and they explained addiction and recovery in a language that not only I could understand, but was attractive to me. And I hadn't heard that in AA before. It was all just adults doing adult things. I'm, I'm sure they had fun lives, but it didn't sound fun to me. It wasn't anything I wanted. Mm -hmm. And uh, so he changed my life. That was my first encounter with, uh, you know, really joining AA, really wanting to get this. And um, at a meeting in Montreal, it was a Saturday night meeting and I joined a Saturday meeting because anyone can stay sober on a Tuesday. <laughs> you don't have to be a hero to stay sober on a Tuesday, but staying sober on a Saturday seemed monumental. How are you gonna do that 10 times in a row? See, it sounded impossible. And uh, so uh, I joined a group and got active in it so that I had this duty and this obligation that I had to do. And um, so it got me through the early days of sobriety. Were you more alcohol or drugs or both? Both. Um, I loved the psychedelic drugs. Um, uh, back in the day, it was acid and mescaline. Smoked a lot of hashish and uh, weed and uh, would drink, of course, anything that was there. Could um, you mention drugs in the rooms back then? Uppers and downers, wasn't... yeah, yeah. Um, okay. the, the first people I hung out with, one guy was a speed freak and I'd done speed, but you know, it's just, it leaves your body feeling just so broken uh, after a speed run that it, it, it wasn't pleasant, but, but he was great to hang around. He could, he was so soft-spoken, I hardly heard uh, a word he said, but I sure loved being around him. He was just a, a wonderful guy. And, and honestly, after the meetings, we spent a lot of time talking about the good old days, like the trouble we'd get into on drugs and mm. stealing shit and, uh, you know, <laughs> just, you know... <laughs> Exactly. That, that was our that was our AA right uh, reliving the glory days, and uh, but somehow it got us through. So you going to the meeting tomorrow? Yep, you bet. One day at a time. See you there, and we all stayed sober doing that. But uh, uh, you know, you got to start somewhere, right? Beautiful. Yeah, it's like uh, giving up a bad relationship. Sure, you got to get out of it, but it doesn't mean you're not going to miss it. It's not going to be that you're not going to long mm. for it. And uh, people forget that alcohol wasn't all bad. It actually, it actually served a purpose. It did its job. Just, you know, got to a point where the uh, it was lower reward for more consequences. And, you know, doesn't that, there's no future in that solution. Recovery at least has a permanent solution to, uh, permanent problem so that's about that 
Well, that's taking up a lot of your time, man. Um, yeah. We well, can... uh, I feel the same way. I feel like you asked me what time it was, and I told you how a clock works. Yeah. No, the, the, the five or six, your time was the answer I got back, and I was like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> uh, sorry, so do you have a favorite joke, actually? That was the only one. Or a, a slogan or a passage that you give to someone new in recovery? Yeah, yeah, I would... Uh, uh, you know, there's a couple I've made up myself, which are, oh, you know, there's two, to go. two keys to uh, sobriety, you know, long term or short term. One is you need to learn to live with discomfort because the steps aren't going to give you a life without discomfort, just teach you how to live with them. And you also need to think about impulse control. Just don't respond to every impulse. And the AA tradition or slogan for that is think, think, think. Just because you go, I can't do this. I hate this. Think it through, right? You know, like it's just a feeling it's going to pass. And uh, I think one day at a time is the greatest folk wisdom of Alcoholics Anonymous. Not that we invented it, but... I was worried in November about staying sober through New Year's Eve and old timers just laughed at me. We don't think you're going to stay sober till December. Why are you worried about New Year's Eve? <laughs> so I nice. stayed sober just to get back at them. <laughs> Good man. Spice will help you there as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, well, I'll tell you this one that I heard. So. Yeah, the Winehouse died like uh, when it was 2011. So I've been telling this joke about 10 years nearly now. Yeah, great. So there's these like tr three Irish pissheads, like massive drunks, and uh, like all of a sudden they're up in heaven. They come around, they're like slapping their hands, and God is like, "What? Why are you so fucking happy?" He goes, "I heard you're getting us a Winehouse." <laughs> so. That's not bad. Uh, just uh, the, the, the fucking day she died and you hear it the next day it was hilarious <laughs> good thing I, uh, woman. Uh, this is a bit of a dad joke but here we go so uh, a skeleton walks into a bar the bartender says what will it be and the skeleton says I'll have a beer and a mop nice one what did he go by himself? <laughs> nobody to go with. Yeah, yeah, nobody to go with it. You see, we can work with this. <laughs> awesome. Joe, thank you so much for your time, man. And uh, sorry for keeping it. And no, hopefully see you on Wednesday spent. or something, my friend. Yeah. And uh, yeah, incredible. Yeah. Stop that recording now. Be good. Stay safe. <laughs>